I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 594 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there, bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today is going to be a Warrior Wednesday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Combat veteran Walt Blackman joins me on the podcast. Walt Blackman served in the United States Army for almost 22 years as a frontline tank commander. He earned a bronze star for combat action in Iraq. Walt served seven tours of duty in some of the most dangerous battlefields on Earth, including Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. He fought in the Second Battle of Fallujah, which was the bloodiest battle of the Iraq War. Walt is a state representative of Arizona, winning a seat in the Arizona State Legislature. He is currently running for Congress in Arizona. I had the honor of sitting down with Walt in Orlando at CPAC. Our conversation is straight ahead, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Walt Blackman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys missed any of my other interviews from my coverage at CPAC down in Orlando, Florida this year, you got to go back and check them out, including my interviews with Kevin Sorbo, Dr. Oz, Bernard Kerrick, and many others. We are less than a week away from the launch of my new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. The link to the pre-order of the book is in today's show notes. It will be available on April 12th nationwide. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, and any other outlet that you buy books If you are a fan of the podcast, I highly recommend you check out the audio book, which is narrated by none other than myself. I had the honor of heading into New York City to record the audio book. It was an awesome experience. I hope you go check it out. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Please be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Walt Blackman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, guys, live at CPAC here uh, with First Class Father, Walt Blackman. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, let's start just like this. How many kids do you have? How old are you? I have five kids, four boys and one girl. My oldest is 26. My youngest has just turned 14 and all in between in that. So my daughter is my youngest and she's my baby. And we just we just adopted another young lady. Her name is uh, Cassidy and she is 16. So it helps my daughter. Wow, wow, very cool. Yeah, I got four kids myself, three boys, then the girl. If we didn't get her on the fourth try, we'd have five. Yeah. Catching up to yeah. you, but yeah, we got yeah. it. So if you could please uh, hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, um, I grew up in the military, a military family. My dad was in the military for 26 years, Air Force, and then I went in. I joined the Army for 21 years and retired in uh, Snowflake, Arizona. And after I retired, I went into politics, and uh, that was in 2016. And uh, my whole family is behind it, as they have been my whole career. And uh, while I was in the military, I deployed several times, deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan as a tank commander and drug my family all over the world. And that was pretty tough being a dad, you know, especially with four boys, because, you know, boys need their dads. They need them. So do daughters. Um, But my boys were growing and and being deployed. That was kind of tough on them. 
So um, did that, and then uh, after I retired again, I uh, ran for office in the Arizona House and was elected the first time, and then uh, re-elected again, and now I'm running for Congress and talking to you about fatherhood. <laughs> well, listen, thank you for your service, of course. And bringing up the fact that the boys needed their dads, one of the things I focus on a lot on my show here, Walt, is the fatherless crisis that we have going yeah. on in our country. We have so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure, and it's having a devastating impact on our society. Absolutely. So I really think if we could strengthen our family units, maybe bring some God back into society, I think yeah. a lot of the problems we're seeing would go away. What's your take? Well, first of all, if we're talking about uh, fatherless homes, I like to concentrate on the black American families. I mean, everybody knows that 70% of these kids that don't have a father end up in the uh, penal system. And those folks that end up in the penal system don't really have a high rate of graduation in some of these high schools. So it's important that the father, my dad was in my life, but my whole time he still is. I call him, you know, yes, sir, or no, sir. Um, and I think it's important for kids to have that figure there in the home, not not so much to be a disciplinarian, but someone who is consistent, who, who they can go to and they can rely on. They can rely on moms too. I, I believe, you know, the God made the makeup of the family a man and woman, and then you take care of your children. So that's how I see it. The black community is really hurting though for it. And it seems like the, the quick point to, like, it, 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 whenever we talk about, you know, the crime in the black community, it yep. always seems to be focused on gun laws or all these other social issues, racial issues that we talk about. But they never seem to focus on the, the nuclear family unit that's been broken apart. And if we try to change all these other social issues without strengthening that, yep. I think we're running around in circles. Yeah. The last time that there was a nuclear whole family and the black community, when we're talking percentage, 60% of slaves had a male in the home. And that's because they were all in the same place. After slavery, during Reconstruction, during Re Jim Crow, and particularly during the uh, Johnson administration, that's when the family broke up. Because if they take the man out of the home and the government becomes the father, then we see a different type of upbringing with these kids. So you're right. We need to talk about something different than just uh, the guns and, and drugs and what have you. We need to talk about putting fathers back in the home because if we do that, a lot of the other stuff is going to take care of itself. Right, and, and it's not, obviously, it's in the black community, but in the Caucasian it's community, in the Hispanic community, yeah. wherever you see these high rates, if you show me a neighborhood that has the high crime, high drug use, high suicide rates, you're all these things, right. you'll see a neighborhood with a lot of fatherless homes. You're absolutely right. So, uh, well, bringing it, bringing it back to you as a dad, then one of the big parts that the father plays in the household is the discipline portion of it, especially with the young boys. So, yeah. what type of disciplinarian or were you as a dad with the kids growing up, and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Well, I grew up uh, you know, my dad was like, you know, I'm sure you're dead. We're probably the same generation. You laid the hammer down. You said something, you did it. You didn't wait around for instructions. You just went and did it. So I raised my kids, my boys particularly, the same way. You respect, you respect those folks who you haven't met yet, who are elders first. You say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. You do those type of things. And you have a responsibility. And your responsibility is to be a good person. Okay? And you have a responsibility to your grade, you have a responsibility to your community to set a good example. So that's the kind of that's the kind of discipline I was. Now I was also a drill sergeant for a little bit in the military. So whenever my sons were getting a little huffle or, or they would talk back to mom, I'd say, okay, you got a lot of you got a lot of energy. Okay, how about you get in a push-up position for a little bit? We'll we'll get that energy out of you. <laughs> so that helped out a lot. I got to tell you, my parents uh, they never laid a hand on me. I was more scared of, of disappointing my father 
than anything else. And, and when you instill that into your kids, they want to do the right thing because that hurts more than anything to them. So that's helped me. Yeah, and it, 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 with the discipline part of it, too, is like you see these kids that are looting stores, breaking yeah. windows, causing damage. I would be more afraid of my father catching me than the police oh, yeah. catching me. Like, yeah. you know, I would rather the police get me than my dad got oh, me yeah, if yeah. I did something like that. Police but, come first. Come first for my right. dad. But you can see it that, that most of these kids that are out there doing that, they are not. They don't have that father in the home. And, that, and that's the thing that we're missing here, I feel like, so much of it. Exactly. And you see how the police, law enforcement are being are, are treated. So a lot of these kids, if they don't have the discipline in the home, why are they going to listen to someone that the they authority. don't know? And then you have to really start early with your kids. You can't jump in when they're 16 and then try to be a discipline. You can't really right. do that because they've already grown. They've already established themselves, and, and they're not going to really listen to you. So if you start off early, you're there when that baby is born or you're there when, when they're little and you are consistent, then when they grow up to be young men and, you know, they, they follow what you what you ask them to do. Yeah, well said. Now, obviously, the political atmosphere in our country is so toxic right yes. now. So how has this, how has you... Now running for Congress, how has you been involved in politics? How has that kind of affected your family? Are they are they seeing anything? Does it affect them with their peers, with their friends? How what's been their reaction to you being in the political arena? Well, my family's always followed what I wanted what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, it's obvious. I'm sitting here with you, and they're in Arizona. They're real supporters of it. I tell my family or ask my family to do their own research on anything that they come across in this polarizing environment that we have right now with politics. I ask them to do their research and make up their own minds. Because after bringing them up and raising them, I want them to be able to think for themselves and not have social media like uh, Facebook be their uh, source of their own source of information. So I think just making sure that they understand that they have a responsibility to do their research. If they have a disagreement with something, there's a way there's a way to go about saying, I don't disagree with you. Instead of throwing rocks through windows or taking over city blocks, as you saw in Seattle, there's a way to do that. My kids are really good at that. Yeah, very cool. And I, I'll tell you what is encouraging, Walt, to see here at CPAC is that there's so many young people that are yeah, here. It's, and it's encouraging because I, I know just as a parent, if you're going to send your kid to a college and you have conservative values, one of your biggest concerns is that they're going to come out of the school just hating America, and they're going to get all these liberal uh, ideologies that are really, yeah. I, I think, toxic. So it's encouraging to see. What is the message that you have to the young people that are here that are attending CPAC? Well, first of all, put God in your life. Put God first. And everything they do, put God first. You do that, then things are going to work out for them. Listen to their parents. Or, you know, my kids sometimes, I'm sure your kids think that uh, you're the first person, or, or they, they're smarter than you. And you say, you know, you got four kids. I've already heard that one before, Okay. Be honest with your parents because they've already heard it, seen it, and they've actually done it when we were kids. And I think that's that helps kids if they know that you've been through it and there's nowhere to, there's no wiggle room when they're trying to tell a lie or something like or something like that. You know, they, it kind of helps more. Yeah, good stuff. And and uh, what about as far as values go? What were the top values that you had hoped to instill in all your kids growing up? Integrity. Integrity. If you have to have somebody question your integrity then that's a problem because integrity has a lot, a lot of arms to it. And if you're having that issue and someone not believing or someone is doubting your word, that's a problem and that's, that ends everything. That, that's a showstopper right there. So integrity was a big deal in my life. Yeah, awesome. And, and you mentioned there too that you uh, you had just recently adopted yes. uh, a child. So what was the process about like that for you? How was the adoption process and what was the decision uh, for you guys to decide to adopt? Well, first of all, this young lady had been around our family for about two or three years. 
She was under foster care. She had been moved around so many times. And I was at an event where she sang. She sang the national anthem. And this kid, uh, she was 13 then, or 14 then. And she was, you know, very, very patriotic. Nice young lady in school, but her parents just weren't there. They were off the radar. So my wife and I prayed about it. And uh, after praying about it, I said no at first. I said, we already got five. We already got five. However, I prayed on my own and read my scriptures and said, you know what? This is the, this is the thing to do. Uh, because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And then she's going to be one of those statistics. And I really didn't want to see that. And I, I didn't want to answer that to God. You know, I had an opportunity to help somebody in her life. So that was the spiritual process. The administrative process is insane. That's why we have a lot of kids that are not adopted because bureaucracy, the bureaucracy of it all, BCS and our and our and our neck of the woods, Department of Children's Services, they just put so many barriers to good families wanting to adopt these children. So, but we were patient about it and we were able to get through it, and then uh, now we're blessed. Wow, wow, good for you. Yeah, I've had a lot of dads on the podcast that have adopted kids. I don't think there's any greater form of love than yeah. to be able to take a child and make them your own. So, props exactly. to you for that. Exactly. Um, all right, so how is the campaign going here? Um, campaign's going really good, yeah. I'm running in Congressional District 2, which is northern Arizona. Um, I happen to be the first uh, black American elected in Arizona and as a Republican. And uh, the message is not uh, a partisan message that I have. The message is bringing together our country, our state, making sure that we're giving opportunities to our young ones. Because when we're older, they're going to be running the country. So... That's been the platform of our of our campaign. We've got a really good uh, ground base. A lot of folks that, that that support us and support what I what I stand for. Yeah, and it seems like for some reason, black conservatives take a lot of heat. It seems like everyone <laughs> everyone talks about like the, the race thing. It, like it's such a bad thing, but it's okay just to be to say racial things against black people that have conservative values or are Republican. Like we've seen with Larry Elder in oh, California, yeah. they throw an egg at the guy yeah. wearing an, uh, a monkey's mask. Yeah. And no, that you would think that'd be headline news, but have you faced any of that even from the black community about being a Republican and running on, on the conservative side? I've faced more from the black community than any other community. And that and that's even from folks that are white nationalists. I've faced it. Um, that uh, it's like uh, uh, I am uh, I ran away or something like that. I'm not on the, you know, the Democrat plantation anymore. I'm at it. Um, so not all, not all, but a lot of the uh, a lot of the hits I've taken are from other black folks, other black leaders, so-called wow. leaders. What a shame. Well, like Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for him, you can't be black. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm not black because I didn't vote. All right, last thing I want to hit you in here, Walt. I'd love to ask all the dads to get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Be there day one. Be there day one. Whether they are married to the young lady or not be there day one for the child because the child did not have a voice in this coming to the world. The two parents did that. So the dad has to be there because if the dad is there later on in life, the dad can actually really give that kid some really sound advice and feel good about it other than having to see that kid for the first time when they're 18 and, and trying to play that. So be there from day one, whether they're married or not, and do their job. And their job is making sure that they take care of that child. So a separation, a divorce, or not being married has nothing to do with their responsibility as a dad. Be a dad, be a good dad. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say you're a first-class father all the way, and thanks for giving me a few minutes of your thanks time so here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank right. you so much.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Walt Blackman for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And we don't forget, we are less than a week away from April 12th, the launch of the new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. The link is in today's show notes. I highly recommend you go grab that audio book. I had the honor of narrating the book myself. It will be launching nationwide April 12th. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>